Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap, episode 42 this week. My name is Nathan. We're joined by Lisa and Andy. How are we? Oh, good, thanks, Nathan. Good, thanks, Nathan. That's good. Good to hear. Now, uh, I certainly don't remember, but you guys might. Uh, back in the day, the tax office uh, had been known to drive past people's houses to see uh, exactly what their affairs were um, and when it came to claiming things on tax and, and preparing their, their annual tax returns, sometimes they'd say that they have things, but they actually don't. Or maybe, you know, you had a few extra cars than you actually reported that you did have. So they had what was called the asset betterment test, which basically meant that they were actually going out to people and seeing what they had and what and comparing it with what they reported. Now, that sort of thing is probably a thing of the past now. But what we're looking at these days is data matching. So that's something that... Um, it's a lot close to people's hearts with the advent of digital technology. I mean, everyone's carrying phones around in their pockets. So anytime anyone mentions data matching or, you know, anything like that, I mean, the America has the Patriot Act, that kind of thing. People don't like being monitored. So that's why this data matching thing is very close to home. But it's basically just a way that the tax office can, can match your data with what you've reported and see, you know, if there are any discrepancies or anything... You know. That's correct, Nathan. Um, the Commissioner of Taxation has got a very broad set of powers and they can uh, access a lot of data and a lot of information. And uh, so he uses that information, Nathan, to, to cross-check against things to make sure that, you know, either you're claiming your deductions correctly or on, of, in the alternative, you're declaring all your income. So so those powers are really far, far-reaching and he can access all that information. And, yeah, that's the, the topic of today's podcast. What are some of the programs he's got on at the moment trying to, to determine uh, that sort of information? Yes, yeah, so the most recent of which is the, well, there's actually a few that have been happening over the last couple of weeks that have come to the fore, but the credit card and debit card data matching. So, Lisa, what's happened in regards to this credit and data, credit card and debit card data matching yeah, program? Yeah, Nathan, it's, it's quite interesting because, I mean, as you and I have been discussing as well, because you've written an article for us a couple of weeks ago, this is the first time they're saying to data, data match for deductions. Mm. You know, there's always been accessible income. They can pick up your, your dividends and your interest and your salary and wages, but now they'll be able to data match deductions. So they'll be able to match, you know, your spending patterns and whether, you know, whether something's an allowable deduction or not. So they've got arrangements with a number of the financial institutions. I think there's about a dozen in total um, where uh, they're going to uh, basically populate the ATO big cloud computing, which of course we know is a big server in uh, yeah. Queensland. I think yeah. it is. Andy, you've been there. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're going to uh, basically be able to do those sort of things now. So instead of just saying you've got all your accessible income and you can't, you know, fib on that, well now, you know, those fibbing on those deductions are probably going to be a little bit harder as well. Yeah, it's it's very it's very wide as well. You know, as, as you mentioned, for a very long time we had. Uh, Income and whether you know you've recorded all your merchant uh, uh, merchant amounts are coming through. So it's really sophisticated now. You know, mm. we were talking about this um, a while ago, Lisa. That you know, the tax office now can really track your, your lifestyle. So mm. and they do. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. It's a big brother completely. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about asset betterment tests a little bit earlier. You know, checking how many cars you have and working out how you know what your income should be. But these days they can look at your credit card statements and go, well, geez. This person's spending quite a, quite a bit in this particular area. Is that is that an area of risk? So you know, with anything, it's no different to marketing. You're sort of trying to fine tune a particular person or particular taxpayer. So that's it's it's very very sophisticated what they have at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting, especially for small businesses having to sort of think about. Hang on a second. So not only so the the money that I'm spending um, 
online is indicative of the money that's coming in for my mm-hmm. business that's now. Right, yeah. So that's something that they hadn't looked at before. And also we're talking about deductions. I mean, that's yeah. pretty crazy. You would think that um, the tax office would have tried to rein in deductions, sort of questionable deductions for a while now, but here comes sort of like a, a really blanket way of doing that. I mean, if you're looking at, if you're buying things on eBay for your business, so you're buying plant equipment or a new computer or whatever the case is, I mean, you might be, you know, after a new computer for your business and you buy it off eBay, and you claim a deduction for a brand new computer, even though it's a second hand one, I'm not exactly sure how the law works, but that might be an example of something that you do. And suddenly the tax office is going, hang on a second, look, we know what you've bought because we have all all this information with these financial institutions. So I guess my question is, how does that work with, so, you know, I bank with NAB, Mm -hmm. for instance, they didn't sponsor this podcast, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 not solicited at all. I, I guess my question is, you know, NAB's sort of pairing with the ATO. They don't really have a choice to do that. But, you know, there's nothing really that I can do, is there? I mean, it is kind of a little bit like Big Brother. Yeah. yeah. It is. All the information's out there, Nathan. And mm. I'll give you a, 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 a little anecdote with because I sit and get my hair done quite regularly because I am very grey, listeners, and, um, <laughs> and my um, and my um, hairdresser, Tony, um, runs two cars out of his business, okay, look at this way, for him and his wife, right? mm-hmm. and he claims both of those through the hairdressing company that he set up, and you think about data matching here, you know, if his wife is getting petrol and they know, you know, out in, you know, Craggy Burn or something, and I live in Bentley, so that hairdresser is in Bentley. Um, <laughs> you know, and so you know, it basically someone fills the car up at twelve o'clock on a Saturday when he happens to be doing my hair in Craggy Burn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious that it's not him, or it's not anything to do with the salon, because Saturday's a really big deal for it. So, does that then make it, you know, questionable whether that car can be claimed through his business, and you know, is that petrol an allowable deduction and everything like that? So you just think about all that information yeah. that can come through. It's interesting too. If you're talking about data matching, this podcast could be used to against Tony <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to. I mean, but that is an example of how the tax office, where the tax office yeah. would look. Yeah. Is that right? Like yeah. if they're looking at anything, is pretty much evidence when it comes down to yeah. it. So they could be looking at your Facebook. We were talking about this not long ago, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. That the tax office might even consider your Facebook profile picture if it's got a Lamborghini in it <laughs> as indicative of well, an asset betterment test. That's correct, yeah, that's correct. I mean, as Lisa was saying, you know, with, with those motor vehicles, you know, the, the tax office is looking at it going, you know, is this under a you know, particular business name? And if so, where's the FBT return? You know, has it been provided yeah. to, to any employees for, for private use? So that's one of the things that, you know, unfortunately, Tony will probably need to think about. <laughs> <laughs> So, so there's. I changed his name. I'm sure I did. Everyone's googling. Tony hairdresser. So so they're they're the myriad of things. So the the tax office does have a motor vehicle registrations um, um, program that they're looking at. I think that's been going on for for quite some time, particularly around FBT and employee obligations. And as you mentioned as well, you know, sort of looking at on online, particularly with with eBay, for example. Mm. Um, you know, um, I've got a friend that uh, loves to buy stuff from op shops, mm. um, and then you know, uh, takes them to the dry cleaners, cleans it up, and then puts it on puts it on eBay. Yeah. And, and the tax of- office is looking at those sorts of things. You know, whether it's a hobby or whether it's you know fully fledged business. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah, and one of the things that we you know sort of that they're targeting is, you know, if your turnover or your transactions are in excess of $10,000, um, particularly with eBay, eBay on, and online sales, that's mm. something that they're, mm. they're looking at quite closely at the moment as well. So, 
So all that information they can, you know, give Mr. eBay a call and that information can be populated straight into their systems and they can do that, uh, you love this term, Lisa, dynam data, uh, data mining. Yes. Data mining, yeah. And yeah. data yeah. analytics. Data mining, yeah. yeah. So, but so it's, it's so true and um, it's, it's, it's very much that, you know, it opens up the Pandora's box of all the other taxes as yeah. well. Mm. So, you know, look, what about GST and those sort of things? Because that's a big thing with online now with the Netflix tax that we all know and yeah. don't love. And <laughs> especially Nathan. Um, and those sort of things as well. Yeah, so, so even things like, as, as we spoke about, they're even you know, cross-matching that data to, you know, PayPal, account, PayPal yeah. accounts as well and specialised payment systems so they're, they're looking at that information so it's all a big web that they're trying to to I like to use that term again mine and and, and, and analyze um, and, and something that's come up even more recently uh, is you know the tax office is also looking at um, you know, uh, immigration data yeah this and, is a big one yeah and some of the things that they're looking at um, you know particularly around people you know uh, on 457 temporary visas coming into the country, they're looking at such things as your data data and ar arrival cards, just mm. to see what your intention is. Are you here for a good time, not a long time, or or what, what's, what's your intention when you're coming into uh, into Australia? So they're looking at that, and they're also cross-checking that data um, against, um, you know, sort of migration agents and, and those employers as well, mm. if their employees sponsored to make sure that the, those employees are fulfilling their... Uh, their obligations, for example, are they correctly withholding PAYG, yeah. uh, super, and, and their FBT obligations? So, so they're things that you know some of this data matching will, will pick up. And you know, we were talking off air before about the you know sort of fruit pickers and yeah. and uh, you know backpackers and and sort of you know some of the you know some of that that information you it can basically feed down to you know potentially a you know particular farm or, or rural area where. The employees may not necessarily be fulfilling their their obligations. Yeah, I mean, based on and what's been reported in the past and what's been sort of alleged against these these fruit picking employers, I mean, you have four five seven well, people come over on four five seven visas, and a lot of the time they're uni students and and they're just looking for any work that they can get while they're studying regionally. So they go out and live regionally, and often they live with um, these fruit picking employers. So board is part of their pay arrangement, it's part of their remuneration, which is an interesting arrangement in and of itself. But it was sort of discovered that these farmers probably weren't fulfilling a lot of their pay-as-you-go, you know, all of their obligations to these people. And Andy, you were also talking about um, when the time comes to, to uh, submit tax returns, there might be submitting shonky tax returns because on behalf of those 457 visa holder workers, because by the time that, they're, that they've gone and, you know, done whatever they need to do, they're probably not really fussed about a tax return I mean, they're coming from overseas so they're not really caring about an Australian tax return and the tax return will probably be menial anyway so um, that's an interesting thing as well but if it can curb that kind of behaviour I mean that's a pretty drastic step you know it's a pretty big thing. Yeah, exactly. And I see this as sort of being um, two sides of the coin. We're talking about the obligations in terms of tax and, and the employer's responsibilities, but it's also not rorting the system. And mm. there's a big thing that's come up in the media as well with uh, the 7-Eleven employees yes. as well this yeah. week. Um, and I think that's where it is, is that, um, you know, the 457 visas or the people on student visas where they're only allowed to work 20 hours a week or something mm. can be rorted. So I see this as being a two-edged sword to actually protect the worker as well as, you know, the employers doing the right thing and collecting the right revenue for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's, exa part. that's exactly right, Lisa, because, you know, when you look at the, this, this data matching, we obviously think about it from the tax officer's perspective, but that information also feeds through to other uh, government departments mm. as well. So so it goes hand in hand. So and they've got this, you know, obviously lots of information there and um, 
that they need to, to work out what to do with it. Yeah, it's a tough thing. I mean, say five years down the track, ten years down the track, when data matching becomes even more sophisticated, uh, if that's at all possible, I'm sure it is, um, where do you see this going in terms of... Uh, because, I mean, the tax office seeks... is Right now, they want to build confidence. They don't want to assume that taxpayers are doing the wrong thing. And to build confidence, it's kind of... It's, it's, it's assuming compliance, but also not assuming that people are doing the wrong thing. And data matching is not one of those measures. Data matching assumes that... Yeah, that uh, it's more of a, a protective measure than a, you know, than a... Exactly, and I think this sort of fits very well with one of the consultative forums that yeah. um, Andy and I are involved in as well on behalf of our members. Um, there's uh, building confidence, so I use the jargon word, building confidence in the tax system. Uh, there's a, a forum where we're looking at what the tax is going to look like in 2020 mm-hmm. and what the role of the intermediaries, as they call us, uh, the, the, the tax agents are in that space and things like that. And the terminology that the ATO are considering is no touch and single-touch tax returns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're really seriously looking at that. So someone like yourself, Nathan, you know, just come out of uni, first job, you know, you haven't got a sophisticated investment portfolio, your super's probably just bare minimum and everything mm-hmm. like that, um, that, you know, for all intensive purposes, um, you know, what gets withheld from your pay should be about the right amount of tax. Mm-hmm. So you'd be the perfect one to basically don't have to put a tax return in, you're a no-touch tax returner. And then if you look at it from a one-touch point of view, it could be someone that's worked a a little bit longer, you know, may have a little bit of an investment Mm. portfolio, maybe, you know, they're doing some self-education expenses because they're now looking at making the next step Mm. in their career. They could be like a one-toucher where they've basically said, I've got a little bit of deductions, but it's just fairly, fairly straightforward. So this is what's coming with um, all this data matching. I was speaking to Sally that looks after a lot of the data um, uh, information coming in from all the financial institutions and things like that um, from Brisbane, from the ATO. And she was, I was said to her, oh, look, you know, it's really hard to do the calculations for dividend reinvestment plans. Yes. And, and I go, oh, it's a bit tricky. And she said, no, it's not tricky. And I said, well, true, it's not tricky. It's just a matter of doing the calculation. Mm. Um, and she says, what about if I could do that for you? Yeah. And, you know, she says the ATO doing something to help me with time. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just gone, Perfect. Because like with with dividend reinvestment plans, I've got BHP shares. I feel like we're advertising a lot of <laughs> products this podcast. But you know, I've got I've got BHP shares, and you know, I just drip them the whole time, as yeah. we say, right? And I'm going well. You know, I've got a dividend. My dividend gets caught in my accessible income. Perfect. Um, but then, what's my cost base for my shares going forward? And I've gone well. Each year, I've bought you know a handful of shares. So then, when I sell them, it's easy if I sell them in one big parcel. But what happens if I sell them? In immediately what's going to happen so I thought if Sally at the ATO can do that for me and it's just going to populate through like the data matching more than happy to have that done because so at least it's right so you're saying there Lisa it's a really big profile building exercise so yeah and really that's what it is they're, they're really profiling trying to get a much better understanding of who the taxpayer yeah is. <laughs> exactly oh, nice Sally from the ATO thanks for that I guess my, <laughs> my I ch- point didn't change her name either <laughs> sorry Tony on your Sally. I think for like um, so I guess what you guys are saying is, you know, I shouldn't look at it like um, people are looking at the data retention laws that are coming in, sort of, not to get political, but that's sort of what people are against that because people don't like the idea that the government's looking at their Facebook profiles and, and seeing what they're actually doing. And if the tax office is doing that same thing, you know, your first impulse is to think, well, why are they looking at my Facebook mm-hmm. profile? They don't need to. Why are they looking at my bank account details? They don't need to. But really, it's just a case of... Um, getting to know the taxpayer better and getting to, as you said, Andy, it's 
just as much a marketing exercise as it is a compliance exercise. Exactly. So they're going to have the ability to what they say tailor, and that's the same thing that happens. I know that with my loyalty card, see, doing doing ads again, loyalty cards at Coles or Safeway, um, you know, they know that I buy Smackos. Mm. So you know, they're going to say, "Here's the Smackos on special." Yeah. You know, exactly the same with Facebook. You know, if I've got a friend that does something, and I'll get a, I'll get a ad for something else that comes through. The ATO are doing exactly the same thing. They're seeking themselves as an online retailer, so to speak, and they're just going to tailor everything for us. So that can be good and bad. It just depends. I think for the millennials and the Gen Xs and Gen Ys, we're pretty free with the information. I think the older, more mature, you know, baby boomers and the self-funded retirees, probably a bit more careful with their information. But I think we just, I think pretty much we're in that share mentality, just like Uber and Airbnb. Everyone just wants to share everything. But just remember when you share, the information stays there. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way of the world, unfortunately. That's the direction that we're heading. So like it or not, that's pretty much where it's going to go. Yeah, so we might as well make it for us instead of against yes, us, Nathan, yeah. I think. So and I think that's what it is. Just think about, you know, it's, it's gonna, if it's going to save us time, we're pretty happy with that because we're usually, we're usually pretty time poor. Yeah, that's right. Good. Thanks for joining us for Tax Rate Episode 42. We hope we've covered off data matching pretty well. And to the tax office, uh, next time you drive by my house, uh, don't <laughs> judge the fact that I haven't mowed the lawns and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers. See ya.